Hello and welcome to the Kane Violation. You know me, I'm your host, Sam Kane. And I'm here with friend of the show. You know him, it's Dan Greeny. What's going on, Dan? What's up, Sam? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. We are watching uh, Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Celtics are up 3-2 on the Heat. It is the beginning of the second quarter. The Heat are up by one point, I think, now. But as you know, I've been doing a different team every week. Well, it used to be every week. Now it's every month. We're going to do the Philadelphia 76ers because, honestly, Greeny knows more about the Sixers than I do. He's definitely watched more Sixers games than I have all year. How many Sixers games do you think you've seen? I would say I watched about 30. I think they probably played about 100 in total, including the playoffs. That's right. Probably about 20 regular season and probably about 10 playoff games. Yeah, so you, you know this team better than I do. You've seen a lot more film. And, uh, yeah, we're basically just going to record this during commercial breaks. Was that Kylie Jenner? Big Poppy Ortiz, man. Yeah, I saw Big Poppy. It looked like Kylie Jenner was next to him. So there's going to be a lot of pauses throughout this episode. We're going to be doing some time traveling. Like we just did now. Five seconds ago, it was the beginning of the second quarter. And now it's almost halftime. It's a tight game. It's a tight game. I'm very nervous right now, um, as expected. But uh, now we're we're in the game. So we were talking about this earlier. You were saying that Philadelphia sports uh, talk radio has uh, really brought up one major point um, on who to blame for the Sixers' struggles. Like, what's what's the big discussion been? feel like since the end of the season and even I guess the end of the regular season there appeared to be a lot of angst in the locker room and the media was just trying to figure out who to point a finger at should we point the finger at Doc should it be James Harden those seem to be like the two main culprits of the friction at least in the public's mind if that's reality that's a whole nother story but of course the media wants to point the finger at somebody so they really prodded at Doc late season and into the playoffs and tried to get him to say some things. And at one point, he did say, James Harden has to play better, period, bottom mm-hmm. line. And I don't think he was wrong about that. No. I don't know that it was necessarily a shot at James Harden. I think he was just probably stating a fact at that time. And when you get asked these questions over and over and over again, Eventually, you're going to say something, right, for Mm -hmm. the most part? So, again, I feel like the media was trying to figure out who should we be mad at. Should we be mad at Doc or should it be at James Harden? And, yeah, that's that's the main theme that I saw towards the end of the season. I mean, I was waiting for a Sixers beat reporter to asked Doc, like, do you think James Harden can be the starting shooting guard of a championship team (laughs) and see what Doc would say? I laughed when you brought this up earlier, too. And my response to that was, like, wow, I wonder how much Doc regrets that comment because Mm -hmm. it really reduced Ben Simmons' value. Like, in this situation, you don't even really have to do that with James Harden because everybody can see he's not the player that he once was. Whereas Ben Simmons should have been ascending as a talent, a young talent in the league. And when your head coach basically just throws you under the bus like that by being somewhat passive aggressive, Mm -hmm. everybody can read into that. And it looks like the opposite of an endorsement for a young player. Yeah, that, that was pretty bad. I mean, it was kind of the truth, but still doc should not have said that. That was pretty bad. Okay, and this is a a wicked jump cut right here into the future. The Celtics have lost Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals. There will be a Game 7. The mood here is very 
gloomy. But, you know, what can you do? What can you do? Jimmy Butler, 47 points. I mean, of course, it's the Sixers episode. Man, it looks like the Sixers probably should have held on to Jimmy Butler over Tobias Harris. It was a 2019 offseason. Kind of wild to think that the Sixers could have had those four. Embiid, Simmons, Tobias Harris, and Butler on that team. That that twenty that twenty nineteen Sixers team was I think definitely the best squad they've had in the process ever, I'd say. They also had JJ Reddick back when JJ Reddick actually played. And he was pretty good. But God, Jimmy can ball, man. I thought he was done after game five. The guy could barely. The guy was airballing threes. It was bad. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe he injected himself with something special tonight. Maybe he made a quick trip to Germany. Who knows? It's possible. I think you can get from Miami to Germany, back to Boston, in 48 hours. Could have happened. Another thing about this, I was telling you about this, Al Horford gets $5 million if he makes the finals. It was a stipulation in his contract. Given The contract given to him by the Sixers. Speaking of the Sixers, so a lot, a lot of um, Sixers-related things going on in this uh, in this game here. But one thing that has stayed consistent through the process error, I'd say, is Joel Embiid. Sixers fans just love him the most of everyone they've they, they've never turned against him even when Ben Simmons came it was still in Bede's team no matter what Ben Simmons was he rookie of the year I don't I think feel he like was. we had a conversation yeah. about this the year that was his first year but right. was it technically his rookie year because wasn't that the conversation yeah that would have been the 2017-2018 year it was Ben Simmons even though he sat out the previous season, which yeah. was technically his rookie season. Yeah, right? that was that was the big debate. So, yeah, even after that, he wins rookie of the year. Sixers fans are, you know, still like, oh, it's Embiid's team. So, very interesting. Do you know Embiid's the third highest paid player on the team? Behind... James Harden and Tobias Harris. Guess how much Tobias Harris made this season? $33 million. $36 million. He's got two more years left after this. Final year, he's making $40 million. I feel bad because Tobias Harris, he's not bad, but he is not worth $40 million. I don't even know if he's worth half of that, to be honest. So he was basically a borderline all-star, if I'm not mistaken. And I can recall right around the all-star break, I believe it was this season, it could have been last season, where he was kind of like saying, I'm an all-star, I'm definitely an all-star. Mm-hmm. And that was a thing. I don't know that he actually is. And he's definitely paid like an all-star, but... Yeah. Very solid player. He's played like Not a, a superstar. <laughs> First team all NBA player. But hey, I mean, it was a gamble. It was either him or Butler. I mean, to be fair, Butler, he's had a, a shaky history. He did. I don't think he got along with Brett Brown. Probably didn't get along with Ben Simmons. And, uh, I mean, to be honest, he's not really gotten along with some of his Heat teammates as well. He's, you know, 
He's, he has a very prickly personality at times. Um, so, you know, but I think, uh, I think the Miami Heat just figured out like, Hey man, you just got to give this guy the keys and let him do his thing and put up with, uh, with his nonsense. The Sixers didn't want to do that. They're like, no, we really don't need him. Turned out to be the wrong move. What can you do, though? What can you do? So, it's going to be interesting to see if they actually give Harden a contract this year. So, he has a player option this offseason. $46.8 million. I think he's going to pick that up. Which probably wouldn't have been the case a year ago or something you wouldn't think would be the case a year ago. You know, it's James Harden. Is he a two-time MVP, I believe? Um, you, you'd think he'd opt out and, uh, you know, get one last big payday, but I think he might be opting in because what he had a couple good games in the playoffs, didn't he? No doubt about it. Just want to say one thing about that contract situation for James Harden. Yeah. Something that I heard in this Philly media around here, and we actually haven't chatted about this off the podcast yet. And I'm wondering how you feel about this. Everybody seems to feel like James Harden is not worth the max extension at this point in his career based on his play the last couple months of the season. And like you said, he's likely going to opt into that player option for $47 million. But what I've heard lately around the Philadelphia 76ers is that it doesn't matter how he's played the last couple months. This contract was agreed upon when the trade was made. Like there was a gentleman's handshake between Daryl Morey and James Harden's agent and the agreement is already there. And there's basically no way for the Sixers to back out of it unless they want to risk their dealings with future free agents when James Harden's agent said, look, Daryl Morey didn't hold up his end of the bargain, so regardless the of thing. how he played. James Harden doesn't have an agent. I don't know if you knew that. It's it's just him, I'm pretty sure. Uh-oh. But still, it... it you're right about like future free agents. Like, you know, it, it never looks good when uh, uh, a team negs on a deal. You know, definitely, definitely not good. But I don't know. I I don't. You can't give this guy a, a five year <laughs> max contract. No way. I think maybe you could do what the Raptors did with Kyle Lowry. In the, uh, I think it was the 2017 offseason. They gave him like three years, 90 million, so like 30 million each year, which is still a lot. Still a lot. But it kind of, you protect yourself a little bit, you know. You're kind of, you're hoping that, you know, Harden can just not go to strip clubs this summer um, and just rest, you know. Heal up and uh, you know come back as uh, the player he was uh, his first year in Brooklyn. I mean, wishful thinking, but what else are you gonna do? You you're, you're not gonna sign and trade James Harden. It's just you you're kind of stuck with him. You gotta you gotta pay him. It's it's unfortunate. It's not a good place for the Sixers to be in, but. It's kind of what uh, you got to roll with. I don't know. They, they're going to have to pull some moves out of their ass because they do not have much flexibility going forward. Top top three guys here, uh, Harden, Harris, and Bede, making over $100 million combined. After that, you got Danny Green, he actually tore his ACL and an LCL in his left knee. I don't even know what an LCL is. 
but lateral collateral la- ligament. Okay. I, I feel like I don't hear the LCL one as often, but Danny Green tore it, so I uh, wouldn't expect him to come back anytime soon next season. And even when he does come back, he is uh, going to be 35 years old, which is, uh, you know, a senior citizen in the NBA. They got Maz. Who who do you think was the best bench player that the Sixers had? I don't consider Tyrese Maxey a bench player, by the way. We haven't even talked about him yet, but we will later. But um, off the bench... I think it varied yeah. throughout the season. I'll tell you what, and I've told you this before off of the podcast, Philadelphia fans and the Philadelphia media love George Niang, <laughs> and he was great during the regular season, but he kind of disappeared during the playoffs. Yeah. I often wondered why they didn't give Cork Maz more minutes because he can knock down threes. I guess he's a liability defensively, but that's probably no different than Shake Milton. Shake Milton can really score it, but he's not really defending anybody on the wing. No. So offensively, I would say most of the time it was probably Shake Milton. But as far as an all-around game, I would probably say George Niang. Yeah, well, it's smart. They signed him to a two-year deal, so they have him for one more year. $3.4 million. I uh, I think he might be worth a little more than that. He could probably get the mid-level exception after he's a free agent um, after next season, I'd say. Still have Korkmaz. There was so much hype around Matisse Thibel. What what happened this year? It was, it was just like he can't shoot, right? That's that's he's, his thing. He's definitely still a defensive stud, but he's an offensive liability. Yeah. Supposed to be a three and D guy. Right now, it's pretty much all D. No three. Not much three. He can be streaky, but streaky at best, I would say, offensively. And besides a three-point open jump shot, he's not giving you anything off the bounce. No. Yeah, I mean, he's 25. So maybe he can just practice his, uh, his jump shot this summer, but... Not not looking great. I mean, I remember a lot of Celtic fans were upset that we traded him, let him go, because we did pick him. And uh, I believe in the trade it was uh, Thibel for uh, the pick we used to get Grant Williams, and then it was the pick we used to get good old Carson Edwards, who's no longer with us. Um. But, you know, now Grant Williams, I'd say, is probably the better all-around player. So not looking as bad. But I tell you, seeing Thibel his rookie season, the way he was defending, it was like, man, did we really just let this guy go? So um, I got him. Let's talk about Maxie, man. You must have been pumped being able to see Maxie on TV. Almost every night, because you know, Greeny lives in the the Philadelphia area. He's got all the the Sixers broadcast games. So, um, but are are you surprised that he's had this ascension, or is it is it like yeah, oh, no, it's what I envision? I would say. All around, it's definitely a surprise with him. I was surprised that he was drafted as low as he was. Like, I thought he'd be drafted a little bit higher. Um, I also thought that he would be more of a sixth man at this point in his career, coming off the bench being like instant offense for somebody. So to see him have a starting point guard role at this point in his career for most of the season this year for the Sixers, that was great to see because it proved his versatility. His best strength is definitely his scoring. He's a decent defender. He can play the point guard, as he proved this season. But if there's any way that you could slide him off the ball and play him at the two guard, I know that's an issue with his size oftentimes. 
but in today's NBA, you can't do it for stretches. Mm-hmm. This guy can get you 20 a night, any night. And he's becoming a better point guard every single day. So, again, while I don't watch the NBA all the time, to get to watch them, you know, March, April, mostly April and May in the playoffs, it's it's really been great to see him develop. And I think he's going to continue to get better and better. Oh, without a doubt. Is this his second year or is it yep. third? Second year. Oh, my God. Yeah, this, this guy's their future, man. The Sixers fans are probably – so elated about this guy. Um, what was he picked in the 20s? I think it was like 21, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I thought lottery talent. Mm-hmm. Like Tyler Hero went 14, I believe. Yeah. thought he's at least as good as Tyler Hero. That's incredible. Well, you know, good for the Sixers. I mean, they've had some, some high draft picks that uh, have not panned out, who are also point guards. Um, so eh, maybe this is like a makeup for one of those. So, I mean, that's awesome. That's awesome that he's, uh, he's playing well. I'm looking at, uh, the rest of the roster here. Paul Millsap, 37, probably not coming back to the Sixers. Probably not coming back to the league next year, (laughs) the way he played this year. Maybe he could get a job. Paul Millsap. Who cares about Paul Millsap? Let's uh, let's wrap it up here. I'm going to ask you two really important questions for the Sixers. Question number one: How much will they pay DeAndre Jordan next season to be the the starting center when Embiid is out? So he got a couple playoff minutes. And I feel like why did Doc even bother? I feel like they really missed Drummond after the dust settled from yeah, that trade. That was dumb. maybe they didn't miss Seth Curry as much. It would have been nice to have him, but I think they missed Drummond more. And it's funny you bring up DeAndre Jordan. I remember even thinking, man, they'd probably rather have Dwight Howard right now than <laughs> this guy. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's kind of funny, Doc Rivers. You know, Doc had to be behind that signing of DeAndre. Like, ah, you know, I I held him hostage years ago. Lob City, baby. <laughs> Lob City. God, that was that was a wild. That was the 2015 off season where they went to DeAndre's house. Because <laughs> the Mavs had him, right? Yeah, yeah. He, Mark Cuban had him. It was like. They, it was like a handshake agreement. I'm, I'm going to sign with the Mavs. And Doc Rivers gets Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. I think even Paul Pierce went. And they all show up to DeAndre's house and have a talk. <laughs> Which is really like, no, you are signing with us. Kind of messed up. Actually, like... Uh, and then DeAndre ended up going to the Mavs years later. It didn't really matter at all. But I think what the 20, was it the 2014? Yeah, because that that playoffs, the 2015 playoffs, that was the epic Clippers collapse when they were up 3-1 in the Western Conference semifinals. And then... The Rockets ended up beating them. James Harden's team. Well, full circle. Back to the Sixers here. So, all right. Here, here's a real question. Bench player around the NBA that the Sixers could sign. Who would you? Who would you pick? Like, what? What's their like? What's their weakness? What? What does this team need? So. Again, it's it's kind of funny because you pointed this out already. I think it's a backup big man situation. Mm. Like Joel Embiid misses a lot of games regular season. You need somebody to be able to step in and take minutes from him. I thought Dwight Howard was okay last year. I'm not going to suggest bringing him back, obviously, at his age. 
but when you're playing Paul Reed as your backup big man in the playoffs, maybe he's got a future, but he's still a kid. Yeah. You need a veteran backup big man that's not DeAndre Jordan. Or Millsap. I know Millsap's not a center, but... Millsap probably could have given better playoff minutes, I would think, than they call him B-Ball Paul around here, Paul Reed. Mm. Maybe he's got a future, but he's got a long road to go, I think. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Now, one idea, maybe you can get Rudy Gobert to back up and be proud. <laughs> Dude. Because <laughs> apparently, like, Gobert's worthless now. Um, I mean, that's another interesting story. Who knows what's going to happen with the Utah Jazz. But, um, yeah... I don't know. The The process is not looking great, guys. It's not looking great. But, you know, it's not looking awesome for the Celtics either. So, you know, what are you going to do? But, hey, at least we've made the Eastern Conference Finals four times in the process ever. All right. Greeny, we will be doing the draft soon. Looking forward to that. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me, Sam. And our movie of the month. Because basically, I only do an episode a month now. So, that would be Big Man on Campus. No, I'm not talking about Big Wolf on Campus. We all remember that show. I mean, when you think classic television, you think The Wire, The Sopranos, maybe Deadwood, a couple seasons of Nip Tuck, but then you think Fox Family's Big Wolf on Campus. That was just one of the best television shows ever made, but we're not talking about that today. We're talking about Big Man on Campus. Never heard this movie until... I found it in this book. And let me tell you, the selections I had to choose from on this page, brutal. Absolutely brutal. So I picked it out because I recognized some of the cast members. Uh, going through the list here, Melora Hardin. She was the mom and the hot chick. She's been a bunch of things. It looks like she was in The Office as well, but I never watched that show. Frickin' overrated, if you ask me. Garrett Graham is in it. He was that evil stepdad in Child's Play 2, for all you Chucky fans. Jessica Harper is in this as well. She was the, the main girl in the original Suspiria back in 1977. Speaking of Dario Argento, I'm listening to the Tenebrae soundtrack right now in the background. Figured why not, why not listen to some synth horror music. Who else is here? Tom Skurrett? Tom Skurrett, who's still alive, born in 1933. Obviously best known as Dallas, the original Alien movie. And, oh, okay, he was also in Top Gun. I still haven't seen Top Gun yet. Can you believe that? I will. I'll see it. I'll see it. Then I'll see the new one theaters. No, I won't. I'll probably just stream it for free somewhere. Uh, who else is in this? There was one other name I recognized. Uh, oh, yeah, Fred Stoller. Is in this? Uh, well, yeah, Fred Stoller. He's at the very beginning. He's a comedian. You know, kind of funny. He was the guy in uh, Dumb and Dumber who was uh, at the at the phone booth when uh, Mike Starr, Joe Mental, that guy, the guy who uh, <laughs> had a heart attack and died, or something with his ulcers. But that scene in Dumb and Dumber where he's uh, in the phone booth. So he's in this very briefly. Uh, Scott Reeves, 
I didn't recognize him in the film. I just see him in the cast list. He was the uh, the male lead in Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Classic film. So I'm watching this, and you know, it's not really that great. But I noticed the, the, the lead guy in this, the guy who plays Alex in the film... I was like, all right, he seems a little familiar. You know, he's he's kind of like the comedian in the film. You know, they got him making all kinds of jokes. You know, he talks kind of like a sitcom character would, like someone who is, uh, you know, constantly trying to crack jokes, lighten things up. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's super cringe. Very sitcom-y. It doesn't really fit for the movie. So there's this guy, Alex, played by Corey Parker. And I was like, what's this guy's deal? I looked him up. Realized that he was in a Friday the 13th film. He was in Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. He was the Ratatouille, Ratatouille, Ratatouille guy. Who, uh, it's such a random scene in the film. Ends up getting, um killed <laughs> I think uh it wasn't even Jason oh spoiler alert that that movie didn't have Jason Voorhees so you got him and then the star of the film doesn't even have an IMDB photo he also wrote it and his birth date isn't listed or anything so I'm like alright this, this before I watched it I was like alright who's Alan Katz He's the star of this movie. He's the star of this college movie. All right, doesn't show his age. And I look and I see, wait, what? He was a writer for All in the Family and Sanford and Son in the early 70s? Wait a second. This guy can't be college age for the movie this guy must be pretty old if he was a writer all the way back then because this movie came out in 1989 so i was like all right well let's just let's just watch it i watched it on freebie freebie is the new uh imdb tv basically they they got rid of that and came up with something called Freebie for whatever reason. I don't know why they had to change it. I think IMDb TV was was just fine. As you guys might not know, Amazon owns IMDb. So, uh that is uh that's why you'll see a lot of Amazon ads when you're on IMDb. I noticed back in the day they would advertise like where to buy the movie and it would usually be like uh, a link to buy the DVD on Amazon. So that's that's the story behind that. It was kind of advertised as, uh, you know, Amazon and IMDb's way for, you know, people to watch movies for free even though there's already Prime Video which Amazon runs, where you can watch movies for free. So I, I don't know what the point of this app is. I guess it's probably just to play ads, because they did play ads during the movie. They played an obnoxious amount of ads during the movie, which was pretty annoying, and you couldn't fast-forward uh, through the movie at all. So, I mean, this is more of a problem with the app than the movie, but... It was super annoying because I watched this on my Roku. I downloaded the app for Roku. And it's like, oh, God. So it, it's this isn't a scary movie. I know a lot of the films I do are quote-unquote scary. They're not. None of these movies have really scared me at all so far. But, you know, they're horror movies, thrillers, whatnot. So you you got to think, why is this in a book? Well, this book is a pretty broad book. Basically, anything with some sort of fantasy element, sci-fi, 
something that couldn't happen in the real world uh, will end up in this book. And I think it actually got a decent rating in the book. It This got a decent rating on IMDb. It got a 6 out of 10. Granted, there's only 1,400 votes, but still, like, kind of, kind of high. So I was like, all right, we'll see what this is all about. And, you know, I chuckled a few times, but it really dragged. It wasn't that great. I think you got this guy, Alan Katz, writer of Sanford and Son, who, uh, really hasn't acted in a lot of movies, but, you know, he's, he shines during some moments. But he just he couldn't carry a movie. And the premise of the movie is it's basically like a Hunchback of Notre Dame, but um, at a college campus there's this guy with a hunchback. He's weird... He eats crunch bars all the time. That's how he survives. He steals crunch bars from the candy machine. And then he brings them up to the campus tower and eats them. And, uh, I mean, this guy's been there for years. Uh, why? And, and people see him, too. It's not like he was hiding the whole time. People will see him come out of nowhere and they'll just be like, Oh, my God, it's... It's him, Mr. Hunchback. And people just run away. Where it's like, uh, I mean, wouldn't, in in reality, wouldn't the campus want to uh, get this situated? You know, you know, probably bring up some, uh, some guys with guns up to the tower, get them out of there, use force. You know, you want to you make sure people want to come to your college, but no. No, but it doesn't really explain what the deal is. It's just like, oh, yeah, there's a guy who lives in a tower, you know. And then he takes a liking to Kathy, played by Melora Hardin, who was the mom and the hot chick. Uh... She's a bunch of things. She was in the Hannah Montana movie. She was in 27 Dresses and 17 Again. Oh, my God. This is like late 2000s nostalgia. She was a, a force back then. She was in every every movie. She was in the Comebacks. That's right. So the director of the Comebacks and the Hot Chick was uh, was Tom Brady. No, not that Tom Brady. It's actually a different Tom Brady. This guy's like a director. He's, I guess he's he's tight with Adam Sandler because he's produced some of his films. Or at least he's produced some of Rob Schneider's films. He produced The Animal. And uh, obviously directed The Hot Chick. So... Um, there's, there's a connection there. So, who knows, maybe he went to high school with Adam Sandler. That's what, that's the joke. I think Artie Lang shared the joke. It's like, what do you call the triple threat in Hollywood? It's, uh, the guy who went to college, high school, and middle school with Adam Sandler. <laughs> so... Yeah, Melora Harden, she's like the the lead female of the movie. She's got like curly hair in this. It's super 80s. Never really dug the curly hair stuff. Not not the the best look. But regardless, she's a beautiful woman still is. And uh, she's a lead, and then the guy from Friday the 13th, The New Beginnings, like her boyfriend. And this hunchback just takes a liking to her, and they're like, hey, what's up, the hunchback? And they're like, oh, no, he's not, he's not scary, guys. He's a nice hunchback. Like, everyone be nice. And then there's all these doctors that are observing him. They're like, oh, I don't know, we gotta do these tests, make sure this is, this guy is safe. 
So, uh, Jessica, uh, what's her name from from Suspiria? One moment, Jessica Harper, who like really looked kind of old in this. Like, I, mean, I hate to I hate to say that say it like that, but I'm watching it. Like, I mean, she didn't look ancient, but. In my head, I'm thinking, okay, this movie came out in 1989. Suspiria came out in 77. She played, like, a... I guess guess in that movie was a ballet academy. It never said whether these were, like, high school or college-age girls or maybe... Maybe it was post-college. Who knows? But it was a ballet academy, so I'm thinking, oh, okay, she's probably, like, early 20s in that movie. But then in this movie, it's like, oh, she looks, like, legit middle-aged. So I was like, how old was she in Suspiria? Turns out she was nearly uh, 30 years old filming Suspiria. So I think she was playing, like, a college or high school girl at, uh, you know, nearly nearly 30 which you know isn't too crazy. But in this, it was like, look, I'm not saying she was, like, ancient, but it just threw me off. It's like, oh, wow, she looks like... uh, And, and, you know, it was probably for the role as well. She was playing a doctor. So, you know, it's probably wanted to look more professional. Probably, you know, didn't want to look super youthful. And, uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's kind of a dumb note, but it just threw me off. I was like, wow, she looks a, a lot older than uh, she did in Suspiria. And then you got Tom Skerritt. He's just this idiot doctor. He's one of the nice doctors. I don't know. Uh, uh, look, I'll be honest. This was kind of a phone movie. It was It was pretty brutal to watch for the most part. The beginning was kind of interesting but then it just started dragging it's like all right come on do something go on a road trip or something get off this stupid campus it's it's not fun it's not fun and tom scar you know he's just just like oh my god this this guy he's eating crunch bars for breakfast lunch and dinner how does he survive but the hunchback, he starts taking a liking towards Kathy, the main girl. And Alex from Friday the 13th is like, hey! No, he's, he's like, uh, that's my girl. And, uh, yeah, and some weird innuendo there. The, the, there's also another lady in this. Uh, who, like, teaches him how to speak because this guy can't really speak properly at the beginning, so he's got a speech therapist, I guess she is, and then he ends up kissing her, and she really likes it, but he doesn't because he likes Kathy, and, you know, it's just kind of like, good God, when's this movie going to end? This is pretty bad. And, uh, yeah, there's, like, a a couple, couple sort of funny jokes in the movie. But it just, you can't carry a whole movie like this. It's, it's, like, too, it's too much. You need, like, some really, really, like, good jokes to make this movie work. And this just didn't have it. It was it was a little too lighthearted too. It was rated PG thirteen. Honestly, could have been PG probably. Uh, there's a couple like risque jokes, I guess. I can't even remember them. I know I know they were there though. I watched this movie over a week ago. Should probably record uh, these right after watching them because I often forget what happened. Um. But at the end of the day, I can't recommend this, guys. 
this is uh, I'm not gonna give this the Kandra rating. The Kandra rating is is kind of harsh, in my opinion. I save it for the really bad ones, the ones where I'm just freaking pissed that I that I'm watching something, and and usually it doesn't happen because I have probably like a dozen selections from each page of this Creature Features book. So when I go through and I'm reading the description, I'm seeing the cast list, I'm picking ones that, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy watching the most. So that's why the Kanja rating's not going to come up too many times. I think it's only happened twice. And, um, you know, a lot of these movies I pick because I like the cast and... Sometimes that's enough for me to, you know, give it the Abbey rating, the two-star rating. Two, so, all right, if, if people don't know the ratings, Kandra rating's one star. It's, it's one of those stay the hell away from this movie. The Abbey rating is two stars. It's like, all right, it's okay. I wouldn't recommend it, but... If you kind of like what you're hearing in my review, maybe check it out. But, you know, don't get mad at me if you end up watching it, because I warned you. And then the three-star rating is the Alice rating. And that's one where I'm like, yeah, check check it out. That I, I enjoy it. It's more like, hey, I liked it because of this. I enjoyed it. I have this kind of taste in movies, and I I like it. So this is what I liked about it. Check it out. And then there's the Tier 4 rating, the Barton rating, and that's one where I'm like, this movie's a gem, amazing, need to put it in my collection, buy it on Blu-ray, DVD, VHS, wherever I can get it, it's uh, it's it's a special one. So this is getting the Abbey rating. It's two stars. Like I said, couple chuckles here and there, um, but you know, eh, not the greatest. Not the greatest. Pretty dang far from the greatest. So thank you for tuning in. Here is the hip hop. Of the month. Enjoy.
Powerhouse niggas. Ready Rock was good, nigga. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Killer house, nigga. Yo, I'm from the East Coast, but I smoke Cali bud. I drink milk, but weed does the body good. My rims clean, teeth clean, yeah, I'm Hollywood. It's 210 still rolling with a Tommy gun. I'm still that nigga like Dot Dre with Giller House tattooed on my chest plate. I think my blood and my attitude is essay. Cause I go local for that money, huh? Checkmate. Hey, I cut the green like a lawnmower. I'm heavyweight like my Tola and Areola. Where your trunk at? Nigga, it's my Audi motor. Click, click, room, look at that bar. Since a young boy banging on a keyboard, on a cardboard, spinning around like a B-boy. I'm grown up, bringing trouble like T-Roy. Boss of the jam, but I'm nothing like Leo. Big spinner, big spinner. Got money in my pocket, walk around like I want to hop up. Big spinner, big spinner. Only nigga keep it hot when it's cold and I want to hop up. Big spinner, big spinner. Shoes smelling like Chanel. I'm in the new CL, looking for Michelle, cause I'm the president. Killer pay the bills, it ain't no stopping me. My chrome couldn't copy me. I'm fresh off a tour, now I'm headed on a shopping spree. Short hair more when the ball keep on watching me. Hundred dollar tips just to show my generosity. I be a big spender, ready DBIC. On the Kawasaki in the customized Versace. Headed to a place where they cook on the hibachi. And I order me some lobster and I wash it down with sake. I be a big spender, but don't have a Bugatti. But kick game insane, the same as Mr. Miyagi's. Like Drake, can't meet you up in the lobby. So hit the floor, that's a PH. That's probably where you find me, cause I be a big spender. Big spinner, got money in my pocket, walk around like I wanna hop up. Big spinner, big spinner, only nigga keep it hot when it's cold and I wanna hop up. Big spinner, big spinner, big spinner, big, big spinner, I'm a, a big spinner, bitch, I'm a big spinner, a big spinner, only nigga keep it hot when it's cold and I wanna get up. ATL, Nate Dog, where we at? In the middle of the jungle, in the middle of the concrete jungle, with my real dogs, kicking with me. Oh, 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 here we come, here we kitty come, come, smoke some bum ass sticky with me. Hell yeah, I just bought me a blue navigator, it's a long ass stretch in my seat. Oh, 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 I really got no patience for you haters, and I'm running over niggas with me. Oh, Lord, good God, let's party. Here come the niggas from T3. Slow-mo, cause I don't dance, I ain't telling you hoes, no more, let go my pants. I'm just trying to let you know the reason I came. I'm just really trying to lace you up on game. We party till we can't no more in this domain. It's your world, play girl, so just do your thing. Can't nobody tell you who to sock it to. Shit, I don't see nobody in here stopping you. They like it when I do that, tell them to strip. I won't even speak on what they do with their lips. Damn, you look good the way you moving your hips. Let your backbone slip, girl, don't even trip. Look at this nigga showboats, what haters be saying. I'm a macadamia nut, they think I be playing. I see me and you ain't on the same page. Hey, la mama, later meet me backstage. See, cause parties ain't parties till we cranking it up. We ain't leaving this motherfucker till the sun come up. Seven up in Henny's, what I got in my cup. We ball a holic, steady fucking it up. In the middle up. of the jungle, in the middle of the concrete jungle, with my real dogs kicking with me. Smoke some bomb ass sticky with me. Hell yeah, I just bought me a blue navigator. It's a long ass stretch limousine. Oh, 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 I really got no patience for you haters, and I'm running over niggas with me. Whoa, Lord, good God, let's party. Here come the niggas from T3. They naughty, not hardly. They only hang with DBG. Whoa, I like Lord. women of all sizes, bow legged wearing disguises. G string located where I I provide the thing, no, the black mandingo Heavy structure so I swing low and cause havoc Me in the club get sweated by bras Automatic, 2-1 dope, all the way down your throat Kiss it and pass it, docking up tight Watch it via satellite, I'm hungover from last night Hand out your kryptonite Rewind my pimping money, six foes and women I've been raw since the beginning, 22 inches, I'm spinning them What y'all wanna do? Bang the diggy diggy dock album and watch it get remixed by Clue Rolling through residential neighborhoods, shattering windows Moving like smooth criminals, smoking and passing endo Put Dallas on the map for U-P-T-I-G-H-T is critical Your little bristles off the hizzle, my nizzle oh, And I'm about to toss it to the D-O-Sizzle I, uh-huh. I like the way you lick it 
baby. You got a fool finna start sticking, baby. Like Mr. Ed Fetty. I catch you fucking with my bread or spaghetti. Is that Jesse Oh, he must be crazy. He's got a hundred breezes. Is that so late? It's the party I'm facing. From start to finish. Don't even try it if your heart ain't in it. I'm from the dirty south, best believe we keep it crunk. I refuse to talk loud and say nothing. In the middle of the jungle, in the middle of the concrete jungle, with my real dog sticking with me. Oh, 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 here we come, here we kissy come, come, smoke some bomb ass sticky with me. Hell yeah, I just bought me a blue navigator, it's a long ass stretching machine. Oh, 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 I really got no patience for you haters, and I'm running over niggas with me. Oh, Lord, good God, let's party. Here come the niggas from T3. About an hour now, she want a golden shower. You didn't know that we be pissing on hoes, bitch. Luke and Biggie straight shitting on hoes, bitch. Lick your toes, bitch. Fuck no, you must be crazy. Squirting your face and then I'm swinging. Recognize G straight up. I can't knock you. After Big Papa, fuck all the junior mafia. The whole click, dick, suck, ass, lick. Leave your number by the phone. Bring your ass on home. Lexuses and Benz is the flyway With the flyest bitch getting head on the highway My way, deep throat on Luke's boat When the moon rises, I'm coming in her eyes It's just the way players play Leave it up to me, I get fucked all day Sucked all day, smoking blunts, counting cheese Fucking bitches till the assholes bleed What you say, baby? I want is hoes, big Check it out, there's another one All I want is hoes, big booty hoes Take them to the crib and let the bone in Like flutes. Yeah. I like them cute round tits and fat asses uh-huh. Educated so I can bust off on their glasses on glass. I wanna come on your tongue and gums all night The bitch drink nuts by the pipe Drink it bitch Drink all these hoes, do that shit All I want is hoes, big booty hoes Check it out, there's another one All I want is hoes, big booty hoes Take them to the crib unless they bone in All I want is hoes, big booty hoes Check it out, there's another one Night, it's time to come up Fucking with some sluts trying to bust a nut I ain't seen this many hoes in a long time I wanna make them all mine But it's getting kinda late and I can't wait Bitch, fuck a first date I pulled out my dick, she called me rude But then she ate it like food And she noticed the length and the whip Recognize game, you've been pimp by pimp Throw all that trick shit out the window You come up short trying to doubt the pimp ho Short baby, straight from open. Whole money is my fix and I can't be broken. Freak bitches all on my dick. We on some Brooklyn, Oakland, California shit. All I want is hoes, big booty hoes. Check it out, there's another one. All I want is hoes, big booty hoes. Take them to the crib unless they bone in. All I want is hoes, big booty hoes. Check it out, there's another one. All I want is hoes, big booty hoes. Take them to the crib unless they bone in. You knew I was a dog when you met me, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Tell you anything you want to hear right about now. To the spot. That's where we're going, baby. We're going to go to the spot.